0: My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible. Um, How many of you are grateful that you don't have to live in this world with this world's rules, that you belong to a kingdom that's supernatural, you have a source of provision that's supernatural, you have a God that can provide and can protect and his presence is with you no matter what? How many of you are grateful for that? Um, the announcement that I was supposed to give, um, and it's a it's a sad announcement, um, is that we're not going to be doing Trunk or Treat this year. Everyone say, oh, you guys didn't sound that disappointed about <laughs> not doing Trunk or Treat. I was expecting, yeah, it is a lot of work. Um, we have been, we were the first church that did Trunk or Treat on the island, and uh, lots of churches started doing Trunk or treat after uh, we did it in 2013 and um, so it's almost been a full decade that we've been doing Trunk or treat we didn't do it for the COVID season um, but there was a a verse that uh, was shared to all the pastors of Grace Bible a couple months ago and it was keep watch over the flock that God has given to you and as the world gets bigger and as we have greater influence through the internet and all these different things it's easy to start looking at The broader community but we felt that for this season just for uh from now till the end of the year that god has given us a word to keep watch over the flock that god has given to us that's you uh and that's our preschool and that's um that's the ones that god has called here to grace bible church and so um we could have done because it does minister to the community and we love to do it uh, but we felt that in this season that The word from the Lord to us is to keep watch over the flock that God has given to us. And so that's why we're doing the cleansing stream. We feel like God is going to expand and he's going to use us to reach our community and to make a difference and to uh, touch people who are in need. And there's huge need in our community right now. Um, But first, God wants to tend to us. How many of you appreciate that? Uh, One thing that I really appreciate about my parents and and, uh, both my parents my mom a little bit too much. Um, But they always made us a priority. You know, as much as they loved the church and as much as they loved uh, reaching people outside of the church, my parents made sure that we were a priority. And so, like, when I would call my dad and he was in the middle of a meeting, he would never cancel my call. He'd always pick it up and say, hey, I'm in a meeting. Is it really important? And he would make sure that I got the message that I was the most important thing. And my mom did it in different ways. Uh, she became a substitute teacher so that she could sub for all of my classes and follow me around school. And she would ask all of my friends if I'm dating anyone, if there's secrets that I have, if I swear in class, and, and she would follow me around. And that's the way that she communicated to me that she loved me. Um, and so that's where I get my craziness from, is from, from her. Um, Double portion, yeah. Um, so, okay, <laughs> is, is that a good thing? Um, you've asked a hard thing. Um, so, so what we're doing is the next, next week is going to be the first week that we jump into our Cleansing Stream sermon series. It's going to be six weeks leading up to a Cleansing Stream weekend, which is going to be an all-day Saturday, and that's going to be November 19th. So this is the last week of sermons that are not cleansing stream but uh if you come next week expect cleansing stream a cleansing stream series up until november 20th and then all the small groups are going to be discussing the message and so i would look at this next series that we're going to jump into as how many of you have heard the term sharpening the saw that there's two men right one man is just going at it chopping a tree down and cuz there's so many trees to chop down and another man instead sharp takes time to sharpen his saw and he's not he's not doing the active work of chopping a tree but because he sharpens the saw when he does start hitting the tree he gets a whole lot more work done than the person with a dull axe right and so god has a lot of work for us to do there's a huge harvest that's here there's a lot of people that want to know about god and are hungry to know more about god and so There is going to be a lot of work to do, but will our acts be sharp? And so what we're going to be doing is keeping watch over the flock that God has given to us, given opportunity for people to sharpen the saw of their soul and to do the deep work of looking inside and allowing God to heal the areas that have been hurt so that we can give ourselves to the work of God. Is that is everyone on the same page of where we're going in the next six six weeks? Okay, so no trunk or treat, but what we are going to do instead is we're going to have a movie night toward the end of December. Is that right? Toward the end of December. I mean, end of. We're not sure yet. We're gonna. We're probably gonna end up doing it. So I'm just. I'm just telling you. End of November, movie night. For the preschoolers and for all of our families, and that's going to be like keeping watch over the flock that God's given to us, the preschool and our church. So we might. All right, um, let's pray. We're going to jump into the word this morning. um, God, thank you, Lord, that you want to speak to us, that you have a word for every single one of us. Thank you that you have a call on our lives that you haven't just created us for no reason, but that there is a purpose that every single one of us have been born. And so, Lord, we pray that you would reveal uh, your will to our lives and help us uh, to walk in that. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Uh, This message is called The Call, part two. Last week we talked about the call. This week we're talking about the anointing that empowers us to live out that call. Uh, In the Old Testament, in uh, Psalms One thirty-three. it talks about the anointing Uh, 1st Samuel 16 it it um, describes how David King David uh, the second king of Israel was chosen out of all of his brothers to serve as the king and it was the custom of Israel at that time that when a king was chosen before the king uh, took office that a prophet would come to that king and he would dump oil over the king's head and the oil would go over the king or over the kid all the way down his body and what that symbolized was the spirit of god anointing somebody to do a work and without the anointing and without the spirit on the young man david he would not be empowered to lead a nation and so it was very important that someone received that anointing that would empower them to lead the nation. It's called the anointing. Everyone say the anointing. Now Jesus, when Jesus came to earth, he went through the temptation of the wilderness, and after he came out of the wilderness, he walked into the temple, and he said, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Everyone say anointed. So that anointing, that was very, that, the, the, Uh, Israelites understood from the Old Testament it was uh, empowering by the Spirit of God to lead a nation Jesus when he came out of the wilderness he said the Spirit of God now has anointed me to carry out my mission and that anointing that empowered Jesus in uh in in Luke 4 18 and 19 that we're going to read together it has specific um a specific task that God empowered Jesus to do. And that task that, that the Spirit empowered Jesus to do is the same ministry that he uh, privileges us to have. So let's read together Luke 4, 18 and 19 together. Um, at the count of three, do we have that? Okay, let's read this together. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And so, Jesus' assignment was fourfold. And it's in your notes today that Jesus was, and we are, called to proclaim good news to the poor, we're called to heal the brokenhearted, we're called to proclaim sight to the blind, and we're called to proclaim liberty and favor. And we can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to jump into every single one of these and what it means to—and we, we prayed already, right? We did pray. Okay. I'm kind of i kind of out of it this morning. Yeah. I'm, like, scatterbrained more than I normally am. Um, Number one, we are called to proclaim the good news to the poor. We're called to proclaim the good news to the poor. Um, There's several things that uh, when Jesus said this, and he said that he was called to proclaim the good news to the poor, what he was saying was that there's no one that he's not called to reach. When he was called to the poor, at that time, the poor were the most outcast, the most, like, non-relevant people and he said those are the people that i'm called to reach but it wasn't just those people it was it was everyone if you look at who jesus reached it was the most despised so there was a woman with the issue of blood or the woman that was having a period and she couldn't stop having her period and in jewish culture she was ceremonia, ceremonially unclean she was nobody was to touch her in that culture and in that culture jesus said doesn't matter I'm going to touch you and I'm going to heal you. And he touched the woman and healed her. There was, there was uh, a, the woman that was morally unclean. So that was ceremonial, ceremonially unclean. But then there was the adulterer that was caught in adultery and everybody wanted to stone her. And Jesus went to that woman and said, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. And he touched her and forgave her. So, and then there was, but it wasn't just the people who were morally wrong ceremonially unwrong there was people that were um barnabas was legally wrong barnabas the thief and jesus took his place so that he could live and jesus himself died there was also the rich man zacchaeus so it wasn't just the poor that he was after he was after the rich and the rich person zacchaeus everybody hated him because he was like the irs He took taxes from the Jews, but he cheated and took more than he was supposed to have. And Jesus said, hey, I want to go hang out at your house today. And so every single person that was quote unquote poor or despised, rejected, Jesus said, those are the people that I'm after. How many of you would love to have the IRS tax agent come to your house so that you could show him the love of Jesus Christ? But those are the people that God, that Jesus was after. He was after the ones that were rejected by society. And then what did he say? He said, I'm called to the poor. What was he called to do? He was called to proclaim good news. He was, he was the only one, and what is that good news? The good news is that God loves us. Basically, if you boil it all down. He was coming from, nobody knew God the Father except Jesus. Jesus was the only one that was with the Father. And he came and he said, I know the Father, and I want to make the Father known to you. And what do I want you to know about the Father? That he loves you. And that was the whole thing. I want I want to make this very simple for all of us. the The way that we communicate good news to the poor or good news to people who are rejected is through the stories of our lives. Revelations, it says that the church, us, we defeat Satan through the blood of the lamb, our forgiveness from what Jesus Christ did, the word of our testimony. Everyone say word of your testimony. The word of our testimony and that we love our lives even to the death. That there's like a radical love that we have for God that's more than even our own lives. We have a lot of work to do. Because during COVID, we saw how much we loved our own lives. If we were very fearful, it shows that we loved our lives. That was a test run. There's other things that are coming. And how much do we really love God? How how much do we really are willing to sacrifice for who God is? So I want to... I want to share a couple of stories. Um, Jesus came as a man. He didn't come as like a crazy angel or something that people couldn't understand. He was just like you and me, except that he was filled with the spirit and he was God. And when God calls us to share the good news, it can be miraculous, but it also can be very normal. And how many of you have stories of how God impacted your life and how how you saw God move in your life. How many have a story? Raise your hand if you have a story of God moving in your life. Almost everybody here has a story of how God moved in their life. And what God calls us to do is to share that story with others because God wants a relationship with every single person. We were talking, um, one thing that I like to do is just collect stories of my experiences with God because every story that I have is a testimony of who God is, and I can explain that to other people. So it, I always, you know, talk, talk to my daughter about how Joss and I met and everything, and um, I didn't have a chance, but uh, Mako, we have these exchange students at our house from Japan, and I introduced them to you last week, but we were talking about relationships, and um, I was, I didn't get a chance to, to tell them, but one of the experiences that we've had with God, like Joss and myself when we were dating, and I didn't know if she was, you know, my wife at the time. I, we were kind of just like feeling each other out if, you know, we were the right one. And I remember really clearly one day I was driving to church and, you know, I always went to church. And, but when I started dating Joss and she went to church, i really like going to church because i could see her you know every week and so i was on my way to church and i'm just like stoked you know i'm gonna see joss and and then i i heard god like i just heard this question in my head not an audible voice but it was just like a, a question are you going to church for joss or are you going to church for me And I said, that's a dumb question, God. I've been going to church all my life. So, of course I'm going for you. And then he said, then go somewhere else. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, if you're going for me, I'm at all the other churches. So why don't you go to another church? And I was like, fine. Go to another church. So I went to another church. And this was like, you know, kind of in the dinosaur days where we didn't have cell phones. So and we, we actually had a payphone at the church. So, um, so I went to a different church. And then I, when I got home, I called her and I said, hey, I know we were supposed to meet at church. Um, but when I was going to church, God said, are you going for me? Or are you going for her? And I said, of course I'm going for you. So he told me to go to another church. So that's why I didn't meet you. You know what she said? She said, when I was going to church, God asked me the same question. And so I went to a different church as well. And I was like, wow, that's cool. My wife can hear from God. And and we started getting closer, closer together. Another time, I was like, had to do my homework, my studies for college. And I was like, I'm going to, and whenever I talked to Joss, it would be for like hours and hours and hours. Thank God we don't do that anymore. Because <laughs> we just love each other. We're like on the same page. And and instead of, so, so I knew if I called her, I was going to be on the phone a long time. And so I heard God say, don't call her, do your homework first, and then call her. So I was like, nah. And I just called her. I picked up, so I call her, she picks up the phone, and she doesn't say hi, she doesn't, you know, she, she says, are you supposed to be calling me? And I was like, why? And she said, because I was in the shower, and God told me that he was going to tell you not to call me, and that you're going to do it anyway. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> I did my homework. But those are stories of relationship with God. It's not just about rules. He's called us to proclaim the good news to the poor. What is the good news? It's that we can have a relationship with God. It doesn't have to be weird. It, it can be, and you know, I would encourage you, every time that you hear God's voice and you, you follow it and you see God do something amazing, put it away in your, it's like, a, it's like an arrow in your quiver. That you can share the gospel to someone who doesn't know God. And, and that's how you tell somebody that God loves them. Amen? Proclaim the good news. We're anointed to proclaim the good news. We're anointed to communicate. It, some of us have a really hard time communicating the gospel. And, and one of the reasons why is because we haven't had those experiences that prove to us that God is real. And if you desire it, if you want it, if you want those experiences, I, I encourage you, like, seek after it. Listen for the voice of God. Even if it doesn't, like, he tells you something and it doesn't make sense, just try it. Just try it and see what happens. And then if something crazy happens, then you know that was God. And the more stories that you have of obedience, the more qu- arrows you have in your quiver, and you can talk to other people about God. So take, take a step of faith and when, when you hear God's voice, step out so that you can communicate. Proclaim the good news to the poor. We're called to heal the brokenhearted. hearted. Uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. God wants to anoint us to impart healing to the broken. And how does God do that? He heals us. There's certain hurts that we've all experienced that God wants to heal us from. That's what Cleansing Stream is for. That's what encountering God, that's what happens when we encounter God is there's certain things in our own lives that we need healing of. And as we get healing from those things, we can minister healing to others. Pastor Coach was here a couple of weeks ago and he was one of the, the most powerful stories that he has and he did he shared it to us when it was fresh. But he, as a pastor, his wife cheated on him. And left him. And he he loved this woman, and he had no idea what was going on. And she she cheated on him, left him. And as a pastor, now he's answering questions to his his church that my wife left me, and she's with another person. And he had to he took a sabbatical for six months or some, something, and he allowed God to heal him. And after God healed him, he now shares of how God restored his heart and how he could move on after a betrayal like that. And so many people in his church, and you guys heard his story as well, so many people were ministered to because they thought pastors are supposed to have it all together. But when they heard that he went through this hurt, it allowed them to receive healing because of the healing that he went through. And Maybe you never went through that kind of betrayal. But every single one of us have certain hurts. We have certain fears. We've experienced certain losses. And God as a healer, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, he wants to minister healing in every single area of our disappointment, not just so that we can be healed, but he wants to anoint us to minister healing to others. I would really encourage you, if if there are any things that are in your heart, And things that you might not even know about. I really want to encourage you to sharpen your axe. To take the time to devote yourself to cleansing stream, to attend the weekend, allow God to do a deep work in your heart, not just so that you can be healed, but so that God can use you to minister to others who are brokenhearted. Amen? One of the things that I thought were so powerful is, um, how many of you know Nani Vickers, In our church nani vickers uh, she's the widow of craig vickers who was a navy seal and he was scheduled to do one last mission come back and they they just had a bought a home she was pregnant with her third child and they were ready for him to retire and spend the rest of their lives together and on that last mission to afghanistan he was killed and i remember doing the funeral at the MAC Center for Craig, a fallen war hero, Navy SEAL. And there was state dignitaries there, and it was packed. The MAC Center was packed, and it was a full official um, uh, memorial service. And in the front row, Nani was sitting there, and she had her three kids, or two kids that were hanging on her and one that was in her stomach. And I, I looked at that, it was so sad, and I just, you know, as much as you believe in God, I was looking at that and I was thinking, are they gonna make it? Is that family gonna make it? And and it was so cool this past year when, when um, Kala'i, her oldest son, graduated from high school and going to his graduation party He's graduating as a young man who loves the Lord. And he went through like crazy stuff in his life, but he, he came out the other side and he loved the Lord. He loved his, loves his mother. They were hugging, praying for each other. God brought different uncles into his life to take care of him without having a dad. And I've, 10 years later after the accident and seeing this family walk through with faith and with God, and how God h- had healed that family of that loss, and now the oldest is moving into adulthood life with a faith in Christ, positive about life, strong relationship with his mom and with his siblings. I look at that and I think that is the faithfulness of God and it was the it was one of the best graduation parties that I went to this this past uh, this past season because Of that. And it's so amazing to see what God can do. And now, Nani ministers and she went to Pearlside and spoke to the whole church. God uses her to minister to other people who have suffered loss because she has walked through it herself. We are called to proclaim sight to the blind. Sight to the blind. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach recovery of sight to the blind. This is not just physically blind. When Jesus said this, he was talking about people who are wandering through life without purpose, without understanding, without knowing God or anything like that. So uh, there's three types of blindness. There's, blind, there's uh, the blindness to, number one, the goodness of God. Number two, the sin in ourselves. In ourselves. And three, the, God's mercy for other people um i'll repeat that three things that we're very blind to is the goodness of God number 1 the sin in our own lives and the mercy that God has for other people and and God calls us number 1 to understand of his goodness when we understand of God's goodness it opens up the permission for us To see in our lives all the junk. How many of you like to see the junk in your life? How many of you want to get married? You see what I just did there? You really want to see the junk in yourself. If you say, I don't want to see the junk in my life, but I want to get married, that's not going to happen. Because when you get married, your spouse is going to tell you all the junk that's in your life and your spouse is a gift from god because god wants to refine you and make you more and more like him amen i thought i was perfect i thought i had no fault until i got married i'm just joking um Once we see the sin in ourselves, then we realize that God forgave us. And when we see that God has forgiven us, the next thing is to see that God has forgiven our neighbor. Because a lot of times, we're quick to receive forgiving for ourselves. And we're saying like, I know God loves me, but you? I don't know about you. It's too late for you. (laughs) You're going to that other place. But God wants to stir in ourselves ourselves. Uh, awareness of the goodness of God, the sin in our own lives, and then his mercy for others. Um, Okay. Something that I thought was really cool that kind of represents this, but we went hiking with the Japanese uh, exchange students, and there's one that's Okinawan. Raise your hand, Okinawan. Okinawan. And then raise your hand, uh, Japanese. The Japanese can raise their hand. And then Korea, you can raise your hand. Uh, and then American. I'm American, Okinawan. But we were all hiking, and I was thinking about the craziness of the situation because we bombed pro I uh, Japanese, you guys, bombed Pearl Harbor. You guys did. And then we bombed hiroshima and nagasaki with the atomic bomb millions of people died and then the japanese they invaded okinawa and hundreds of thousands of okinawans died so the japanese are really bad because they you know attacked okinawa and bombed pearl harbor they're the only ones that did two really bad things i'm just joking but we're we're hiking together and i'm looking And our great-great-grandparents were fighting against each other, and yet we're hiking together and loving one another. And I'm thinking, that's how heaven will be. No matter what crazy stuff is going on, and no matter what bitterness we have toward another people group, God has mercy not just for us, but he has mercy for everyone. And one day, Those who know God will all be there together hiking through whatever streets and forests of gold he has up there and with no animosity, no hatred, none of that. Isn't that good? Isn't that a hopeful promise? We are called to, and the last thing, we are called to proclaim liberty and favor. Um, Not only is there healing that God calls us from, or calls us to healing of the wounds that we've had in our past. But how many of you can admit here in church that there are things that you do in your life that you wish you didn't do? That there are certain proclivities, maybe you are quick to yell, maybe you are uh, easily envious of others, that there's different vices that all of us have. I was talking... uh, you know, we we have these conversations in my house now with the exchange students, but I'm like, yeah, Japanese, you guys have problem with bitterness. You don't know how to forgive. And then you Korean, you guys have crazy tempers. Like, you guys are constantly yelling at each other. And then, like, Okinawans, like, we can be really lazy. Now, Okinawans are perfect. That's why God lets us live so long. (laughs) <laughs> and then but there's different things that all of us struggle with and they're vices that we want to control but we have a hard time controlling and jesus said i'm anointed to proclaim liberty to the captive if if you have a hard time with your anger if you have a hard time with pride if you have a hard time with with depression or anxiety or worry or fear those things if you could just free yourself from it you would be free already and so jesus said i am anointed to declare freedom for the captives again it's something that as we get closer to god and allow him to come into our hearts and lives that he can he can change us amen And Father, this morning, I just believe you that your grace that you have given to every single one of us and that you display through this table would minister to each of our hearts. And may for those who weren't even aware that past hurts affect us today, past emotional distresses affect us today, that you would begin to just give them an insight into how not only forgiveness is available, but healing is available. And we honor you and give you thanks and give you praise for that. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, amen. I just want to- Have a great week. God bless you. And next week we begin our journey in cleansing streams. So if you haven't signed up, you can sign up there in the lobby. And we're going to be having small groups and next steps upstairs. God bless you. Have a great week.